We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind of My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me today as well. It's Friday afternoon, July the 7th. Hope you all had a uh, wonderful Independence Day, a great holiday weekend. I kind of took some time off around that, so I'm kind of starting to get back into it a little bit. Big weekend coming up for a lot of people as people are vacationing. This is Big vacation time, and what I do, Martin, the sports world, this is the deadest time of the year, which is good. It's good. You, uh, you, If you're smart, you recharge your batteries. If you're an idiot, you start making – I shouldn't say idiot. I shouldn't say idiot. I'm going to be nicer. Don't want to offend. Don't want to offend. If you are one of those people that is constantly obsessed with clicks and clicks and clicks, you make list of the top 40 this or the top 60 this going into a football season that is still two months away. Uh, I'll tell you real quick that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for my buddy, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line, there's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people how they can get in touch with you all at Pinnacle and maybe what's going on there. Yeah, um, you know, kind of same, same that you said. Summertime, and I know I've said this the last couple times that that we've uh, done a show. Summertime is uh, is kind of slow for us. Uh, I, I travel with the family a little bit, uh, as are other families, which is why people don't really want to talk to us much during the summertime, but, um, you know, it has been a good opportunity for when I'm here to kind of, uh, you know, recharge my batteries, but then also look at other things that, uh, I don't have time or the opportunity to do during our busy season. And, um, so we've been looking a lot at plans and, and talking a good bit with, uh, you know, well, I've been doing a lot of education. I've had a lot of conferences this summer, um, which that tends to be when we have our conferences. It makes sense. It's our lull kind of industry-wide. Um, 
but yeah, it's been uh it's been a good summer. Um, and I've, I've, I've taken some breaks. Uh, I've got one more, um, I'm doing a mission trip, not next week, but the week after. So, you know, getting a little bit of spiritual fitness, uh, going too, and, and then we'll be hitting the ground running, uh, you know, soon after that, but it's kind of a, it's a good time right now. If people are, um, you know, needing to, to look or get second opinions on their stuff to, to give us a call. Um, I've got a lot more availability in my calendar, you know, for the next couple of weeks than I will once, once school starts. Um, and man, people can reach us through, uh, the phone 601-957-0323. Uh, most folks reach us through email uh, and you can email us at info at my P I N N wealth.com. Few things we'll touch on today. We'll start here. You and I've talked a lot about inflation over the last year, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I guess a little year, a little more. Yeah. Yeah. A little more. I, I, I lose. I, I find that as I think post 2020, I, I, uh, I, my, um, and maybe this isn't just because of the whole pandemic thing It's probably because kids in college and stuff. I, I have found that my, ability to remember like how far back something happened is is not as good as it used to be yes uh yes. this is the story in the wall street journal which we like to go to because it's a hard right-wing publication the wall street i'm kidding um, <laughs> that it says the job market versus inflation this is written by justin layhart he writes uh america's job market's cooling and so is inflation neither one is anywhere close to cold the Labor Department on Friday, which is today, as we re report, uh, reported that the economy added a seasonally adjusted 209,000 jobs in June from a month earlier, down from May's gain of 306,000 jobs and breaking a streak a bit shy of the 240,000 jobs economists were looking for. The unemployment rate, meanwhile, slipped from 3.6 from May's 3.7, putting it a smidge higher then the multi-decade low of 3.4%, it hit in January and again in April. Still pretty strong, in other words, and stronger than either the Federal Reserve or Wall Street came into the year expecting to see. Um, last paragraph here, he says, in December, the Fed policymakers' median projection for the unemployment rate the final quarter of 2023 was 4.6%. In June, that forecast got lowered to 4.1%. By a similar token, December's Federal Reserve Bank survey of primary dealers, banks, and other firms that deal directly with the Fed had a median fourth quarter 2023 unemployment rate forecast of 4.7%. In the June survey released on Thursday, that slipped to 4%. So there's been a lot of talk, Martin, about uh, the job market, interest rates, inflation, um, all of those things, I guess, when you see these numbers and some, yep. of the, some of the new projections, what does it make you think is is forthcoming? Well, you know, I'm a, I guess I'll say, let me beat up first on the front end, and then I'll I'll come in and you know give some compliments on the backside. Um, I've kind of not a lot of people are huge fans of of our Federal Reserve. Um, of Jay Powell. Uh, I think he's done. And if you look at the scope of the work, I think he's done, um, a better than average job. I think he's done a good job. Uh, I think he had a hell of a, um, you know, an issue to deal with prior to COVID with dealing with Trump. 
as a kind of a bully president trying to force him to, uh, you know, or be for, for Trump to be a part of fed policy, which the fed needs to be independent of, of politics period. And, um, you know, and, and Powell stuck to his guns, uh, and which was the right thing. Cause as we hit COVID, we had a little bit of ammunition to be able to help stimulate the economy. Now where, it went backwards. Obviously, we've beat this horse to death, so we won't belabor it and go into all the details. You know, government pumps trillions of dollars, uh, you know, into the economy, essentially overstimulates it, uh, and we have inflation. Where the Fed gets a little bit of a black eye, and I was, and I'll take, I will, I'll take my medicine here too, because I, I was in the camp with the Fed, um, or with Jay Powell, that um. That it wasn't going to be, we th- I didn't think inflation was going to be as sticky as it has been. And kind of once we got through like that first bit of like the first quarter of 2021 um, and inflation was just continuously, you know, rising. I was like, okay, this is, this is not, this is really sticky. Uh, it's not going to be transitory. And I stopped, you know, using that word. I said it several times on, on the show during that period that I, uh, that I thought that inflation would, would just be, was a supply driven, um, deal and would, you know, would work its, work its way out and would be somewhat transitory once supply chains were, were not disrupted any longer. Uh, and that was not, that wasn't right. That was, ended up being wrong, but I stopped saying it once I realized it was going to be sticky. And that's when we started talking about, we're going to have rate hikes, um, because of, because of that. And, you know, in late 2020, I knew we were going to have rate hikes. So I took our bond portfolio, a big chunk of it to cash just because I knew with the impact it was going to have that rates were going to have to go up. Um, you know, and we were, we were at a really high inflationary number and, you know, long-term target for inflation is 2%. So if, you know, if we've got numbers, like I'm just looking at, um, you know, 2022, June of 2022's, you know, headline inflation number was, 8.9%. So we're almost 9%. You know, uh, if we're 2% average, we know that it's going to be, you know, and that was the peak was June of 22. But we knew we were in for a painful, um, you know, getting back down to 2% was going to be, was going to be somewhat painful. Um, and, and, it, and it has been. And last year at about June was when the markets just were, uh, were really at, pr- at pretty much the lows. Uh, you know, there was a lot of blood in the streets and the stocks, uh, also in bonds. Um, but, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be that way forever. We knew that the rate hikes were going to choke out the inflation. And I've been in the camp that rate hikes were, you know, going to be uh, going to be over this summer and that we would have a pause. Um, you know, kind of tying this in back to the story that you just read, you know, it's when you when when we have unemployment numbers that are still like historically low, we're under the average. Um, and we've got inflation still above average. It's almost, if you're in the Fed's shoes, you almost have to say we have to continue hiking until unemployment numbers rise to a point to where it's going to call, you know, have a really negative impact, um, you know, in the economy. And it seems like our economy economy has been very stubborn um, and just won't roll over, which is good. I mean, that's not a, I'm not, that's not a bad thing. 
but it doesn't it doesn't lead me to believe that we might be done with with the with the rate hikes. So it wouldn't surprise me if we get you know two more this year because they have room to do it. Now, the good news on inflation is, um, you know, the year over year numbers are what they quote. Where you know, like June twenty twenty two, that eight point nine percent is year over year. But the numbers I really look at to kind of tell me what's the trend line for inflation um, is the month over month. Like, is are we are we rising or are we falling? You know, from from last month, or is that number you know shrinking? And we've been on a we have been on a really uh, positive looking path uh, for the last year, where uh, the month over month numbers have been shrinking significantly to where. You know, we are, we have rolled over. We rolled over in, you know, uh, June of last year was our highest year over year number. That was at 9%. And if you look at like May 23's headline number, uh, was at 4.1% core inflation at, at 5.3. But if you look at the month over month, like they are going down pretty significantly to that point, to that point, I'll give you a, a paragraph to support what you're saying. Um, Last December, Fed policymakers projected that excluding food and energy, their preferred inflation gauge would show consumer prices up 3.5% in the fourth quarter of 2023 versus a year earlier. In June, they lifted their forecast of that core inflation measure to 3.9%. In the New York Fed's primary dealer survey, the core inflation forecast got bumped to 3.7% from 3%. Inflation's persistence is the major reason why Fed policymakers are highly likely, highly likely, should learn how to read today, to raise <laughs> rates when they meet later this month. So, yeah. Well, and and I'll say everything. So there are there are really four different broad sectors that make up um, inflation. There's food and energy, which you know are the most volatile of the four, and that's why a lot of times they get kicked out of looking at inflation because food and energy pricing is, is, is just volatile by itself. And so you have like core goods and also just FYI, food and energy pricing make up about 20% of the entire calculation. So core goods, which is like clothing, new vehicles, used vehicles, and medical, medical care is 20%. So food and energy are 20, uh, those core goods are 20 and then core services are the largest um are the largest constituents almost 60% and that's shelter and it's rent or owner equivalent rent medical care services versus commodities and transportation services and so in the core services we look really really good on the month over month numbers but one of the things i don't know that a lot of people realize is the Owner equivalent rent number, which is the largest piece of core services, is the data is almost a year old. So the data that they're seeing now was really last year's data at our peak of inflation. And it's just because how owner equivalent rent is calculated, it's not a it's not easy to measure like a gallon of gas is, you know, or the price of a used car or the price of a new car. Now rent is easy to gauge because you ask a landlord, Hey, how much are you charging for rent? Um, but if you look at, you know, like owner equivalent rents, if you own a house, you know, today versus 
last year, you know, those things are, they're just calculations are a little bit stale and, and Powell knows that as well. Um, you know, and he's using that in his guidances on what we should do uh, with inflation. But I'll say the good news for all of our listeners is that we are on a, on a, on a core, uh, excuse me, inflation is shrinking. It's, it's going down, um, which is what the, you know, what we wanted. And it's very possible. It's even greater now that we will not actually have a recession because of how strong everything is. Uh, so and not to, not to steer this towards politics at all, because we'll do that a lot over the next oh, yeah. six to 15 months. But if the economy does some of the things that you're talking about, and if this story in the wall street journal talks about, if, if, if that's what happens and there is no recession and inflation cools and the price of gas goes down and maybe the price of groceries stabilizes and people get out of the, the crisis mode and people, there's plenty of jobs and things like that. That's a position of strength for, uh, for Joe Biden and his reelection yeah. campaign. You know and I mean? And, and it will be because he'll, he'll get the point at that and say, Hey, you know, uh, this, this happened, uh, you know, under my care. Um, you know, and I think one of the things that will help him with the masses is um is rent and then also uh used car prices um you know used car price because you know like if you're if you're in the market for a car if you're in the market for a car in the last shoot two years a used car it has been uh significantly more expensive than it was you know prior to 2020 you know and those those prices kind of rolled over you know last year they've spiked a little bit um, you know, in April and May again, but if he, you know, if he gets rents, uh, or if he can point to that, you know, Hey, housing, he's, he's done things to make housing more affordable and used cars more affordable. And if, and if I was his campaign, um, that's what I would be pointing to. I would say, Hey, look, I inherited this mess from Donald Trump. It took me, a you know, a couple of years to get it sorted out. And now we're on the, you know, the, the positive end of it. And it, you know, it was a mess and I had to clean it all up and, if I was his strategist, that's what I would be pointing to, even though truth be told, he really hasn't done anything. Uh, more Powell had uh, more influence on that than, than he did. You know, I think the thing he's going to have to struggle against is he made all these, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't say empty promises. He put the notions in people's heads that they're going to have their student loans forgiven. Uh, and thank God that's not going to happen. Um, thank God for us taxpayers that, you know, that did it on our own, um, that that's not going to happen, but he's going to have to answer for that too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You were talking a minute ago, uh, we were talking before we got started about, you get a lot of people ask you, people like me that are in my early fifties, we're pretty obsessed with our retirement. We're trying to save enough to retire one day, potentially, maybe possibly we'll see. Um, and you were saying, you know, the one your most precious asset right now is your salary yeah so what what do you recommend when people come to you and they're talking about retirement which is always kind of okay in a best case scenario i'm I'm healthy and this do you do you talk about what happens if your health gets away from you and you're disabled and you can't work 
Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, man. Um, it's funny, you know, most people think, I think most people look at me initially and say, oh, Martin is a, an investment guy, right? Which is, which is true. I mean, that is one part of financial planning is the investment piece, but the investments are not planning. They're just a part of planning. Um, but to answer your question, there's kind of, you know, in the different phases of life, you have different risk in different phases of life. Um, you know, for someone who's, you know, tw- I'm gonna call it 20 to 50. I know it's a very broad range. You got two really big risks because, you know, when people think about saving for retirement, um, yes, it is important to save, but what is it that allows you to save? And it's your ability to generate income, right? So what would happen if you lost the ability to generate income, then saving for retirement becomes a, a secondary or even maybe a tertiary thought because you need to be able to pay your bills like now and have cash flow to save for retirement. Um, so that's kind of one of the risks is that you're unable to work and unable to, you know, to, to bring an income into the household. And, uh, and for risk management, there is something that we have a tool we have that we use to mitigate that, uh, risk. And all it does is protects, you know, the, your ability to generate an income. So like, let's just say Neil, uh, in your case, let's, I'm going to make you 10 years younger because it will really be, uh, you know, impactful for you then. So if you're 10 years younger and, um, you know, your ability to think and, you know, speak are crucial to your ability to generate an income. And let's say that, that you have a, a stroke and your brain just doesn't work right. And you can't get your words out. Right. I mean, you're toast. You're, you're not podcasting. You're not, you're probably not writing. Right. Um, you're, you're toast. And so some people will be like, well, how do you prevent that? And we have, there, there are tools that we have to be able to mitigate those risks. You know, if, if you had that stroke that, uh, you know, that you'd be able to, to generate an income that was, you know, almost equivalent to what you were generating before the stroke. So that way your family doesn't have a, a disruption. And that's one of the things that we look at with our clients is making sure that we protect their most precious asset, no matter what time of, you know, what phase of life they're in. And it might be their income, uh, you know, and for young folks too, especially young folks with families, you know, the worst thing that could happen to a, a young person that's, um, you know, got young children is, man, they get hit by the bus and, and they die. Um, we want to make sure we cover that risk as well. But then kind of once you, once you move into the, in your early fifties, you're not so concerned. I mean, most of the time you have some type of life insurance in place for death. Um, you know, the concerns about the ability to generate an income may still be there, but they're not as prevalent because you've been able to save. You've got a little bit of money in savings. Um, you know, your risk then becomes, you know, what happens if whenever you're in your sixties or seventies that you have some type of healthcare event that puts you in a nursing home, you know, Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, or hell, you have another, you have a stroke. Um, and if you have to have full-time care, uh, you know, that eats into all of your savings. So risk management is, a, is just important as investment management, you know, for, for, um, for a financial plan. And that's, you know, one of our biggest things that 
we look at with clients is making sure we have that risk covered. And kind of the weird thing, I know we talked about this a little bit pre-show. Um, I've had a lot of young professionals, and I don't know if it's like a coincidence or if it's like, I don't know, a paradigm shift or an awakening. I don't know. Um, but in the last several months, I've had a lot of young professionals, you know, ask me the question of, Hey man, like what happens if I can't work anymore? Like, how do I, how do I, how do I take care of tuition for the kids? How do I make sure the, you know, cause I'm not dead. So my life insurance isn't going to, um, you know, kick in. Like, how do I take care of that? So I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of conversations and, uh, you know, and used, and then, you know, and then taking care of that need for them, um, you know, to make sure that their income will, will persist all the way to retirement, even if, if they're unable to work. And of course, the younger you are, the less expensive it is. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a risk that's out there and we've, it's just weird. I've had a lot, I've had, you know, I've done, I've had more of those conversations in the last couple of months than I had last year in total. It was bizarre, man. Roger Stone just tweeted a minute ago that the more he thinks about it, the more he likes the idea of Trump and Kennedy running together on the same ticket in 2024. Wow. That'd be something. That, uh, <laughs> that would be interesting. Donald Trump and Robert Kennedy Jr. No matter what you think of either of them personally, that would be as God, that would be as 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 attention grabbing a tandem as one could possibly imagine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so, and again, I, the, I know we talked about RFK um, Jr. a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't kept up with, with much more in the last, you know, since then. Has he, has he really come into the fold even more in the last couple of weeks, or is it just, or is it just a tweet? Uh, it's just a tweet. Uh, well, look, he he's done a lot of media, and he's again, you know, he he says a lot of things that that people resent uh, on the left. He's he has concerns about vaccines, not just the COVID vaccine, but vaccines in general, and and in in, in forums. Uh, such as Breaking Points or Joe Rogan or others, where they have given him the opportunity to um, to talk in length about why he has those reservations. He certainly, uh, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough about mercury and about vaccines and such to be able to pass any judgment on whether Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is right or wrong, okay? So before anybody thinks I am, I'm not. I, I don't know. Um. But he makes the points in a way that's at least thought-provoking. Um, he has conversations with people who debate him, and he does it in a in a rational, calm manner. And it's been, I think, it's refreshing, given you know the rhetoric that we have politically on both sides of the aisle now. Um, you know, I I don't think Joe Biden's going to debate him. Frankly, if I were advising Joe Biden, I, I, I would advise him not to debate him either. He's 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 going to win the Democratic nomination by avoiding him, and so he should. Our, our, again, I'll give the Democrats credit. They, on their list of objectives, number one, every single time, is win. Number two is yes. do what it takes to win. And then that's what they do. And so, you know, it'd be senseless for them if you're advising President Biden. I don't think he'd fare well in a debate against Robert Kennedy Jr. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think if, if you put him in a long form debate, he would, I, I don't think he would fare well. I think most people would agree with that. Um, and so, no, he doesn't have that kind of traction. And then, you know. And I haven't looked at polls at all. Everything weeks. still points towards what we've talked about. I mean, nothing has changed. Because um, I guess we're still so early, it's just not going to. Frankly, be as big Donald. Changes. Yeah, and, and frankly, Donald Trump has had a post-indictment bump. Really, you know, among among his base, certainly. I mean, his base is angry, and they're sure. they they view this as a as a politically motivated witch hunt. And again, I'm not saying it is or isn't. I think the one in New York is. I think the one in Florida is kind of interesting because it's. It's Trump's arrogance that gets him there. That some of the the charges, I mean, you know, he, there's 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 legitimacy to those charges. But regardless, I mean, I will say this: if Trump runs, who he chooses as a running mate will be fascinating. Because if he just goes with one of these hardcore right wing election was stolen people, it's over. It's probably over anyway. But if he were to do something. 
I, I, again, not to Mark Kennedy, but if he were to do something that that sort of made people go, wow, wait, well, hold up, what? Where they listened, maybe. I, I just don't think, I don't think Trump has a chance. I don't. I, I, I think, I think 2024 is going to, if it's about Trump, I think he'll lose. And if it's about Biden, I think he'll lose. So if I'm Biden, I want it to be about Trump. Yeah. I mean, if they want to win, yes. Which, as you said, I think that's what they're, they've been very focused on this last, especially after their Hillary blip. Yeah. Well, if, um, you're, the, if you're the Republicans and the focus is not winning, then I, I don't know what, what is your, what is your focus? I mean, it's like going into a football game going, we really don't care if we win or not. But by God, we really want to dominate rushing yards. Yeah. What? Well, we just want rushing yards. Okay. But you just want to win the game? Well, yeah, sure. But we, we, we want, we were going to win the rushing yards. It makes no sense. I mean, you would fire if a football coach told you, you said, Hey, what's, what, tell me what you're going to do with your program. Well, we're going to emphasize rushing, rushing yards. Win or lose, we, we want to win rushing yards. If we're behind by three touchdowns, we're going to keep running because I want rushing yards. You'd never hire that guy. No. So that's, that's my complaint. My, my observation with the Republicans, I was having a conversation just yesterday with a a fairly prominent Republican where I expressed that concern and he shared it but and admitted that it's a problem at the highest levels of that party right now. Wow. Well, I guess the, what do they say, the first step in... And uh, getting better is admitting yeah. the problem. Is owning <laughs> or admitting it. Yeah. that there's a problem. You know, and there's there's a lot there. I mean, you know, I, you and I've talked about this. I mean, it's 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 why the we led the show with the kind of the new numbers. I think six months ago, nine months ago, twelve months ago, you thought, boy, Biden could have an economy problem because the I mean, even if well, dude, if we just look twelve months ago, I mean, you know, uh, headline inflation was nine percent. Yeah, people were and, people were getting killed at the tank, and they yeah. were getting killed at the grocery store, and the economy was becoming a major problem. And Biden was—he looked like a stumbling fool on it. He couldn't explain it. He looked completely out of touch. And credit to him and his people, or, and whether he deserves that credit or not, I don't know. When you're the president, the the economy is either going to get you reelected or the economy is going to get you bumped. And Right now, it looks like the economy is heading in a direction in which that's not going to be the guillotine hanging over his political future. Now, yeah, there, I mean, there are some other things, right? Ukraine, the border, kind of a culture crisis that's ongoing in our country. Uh, we, you know, the the Supreme Court ruled against affirmative action. Biden has come out, you know, with a very a defiant stance about the Supreme Court. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot out there culturally that, you know, will potentially be roadblocks for his reelection. But if yeah. the economy is strong, listen, that puts him in a real position of strength. Yeah, I think I won. I think economy puts him in a position of strength. The you know, I, like you said, the cultural stuff, there's some cultural things too. Like, I mean, even this, I know I said this earlier, but the student debt forgiveness thing, I think is an obstacle he's going to have to overcome. Uh, Cause I know, I mean, there were a lot of really young voters. I'm not saying they voted for him just because, you know, they talked about the forgiveness of, uh, of student loans, but I think maybe there's some with the reality set in that, 
hey, promises get made and on campaign trails that, um, you know, never really, and I'm not going to say never had a chance of, of happening, but, um, you know, probably a lot, there's probably a lot of young voters that voted last time that are, will be a little bit more, you know, eyes open kind of going in. I mean, I know when I was in college and fresh out of college, my very first election, like right out of college, I was somewhat engaged, um, you know, in the 2004 and then in 2008 election, I was like, all right, this is a, I'm a, I'm a little more interested in what's, what's happening. It's like each, in each election cycle, I get more and more interested in what is happening with our politics. And I used to think my parents were boring because they talked about politics. And then here I am talking about <laughs> politics, oh, it's, but it's, it's, it's the wet part of the ocean, man. It is the wet part of the ocean. You and I've talked about this before when people say, well, it, I hate when you guys talk about politics because politics don't matter. I mean, politics literally impact everything you do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It, it is know, the wet part of the ocean. Literally impacts everything you do. People can say, well, I, it doesn't impact me. Yes, it does. I mean, you can you can completely avoid it, know nothing about what's happening. But if you venture out of your home or if you have a home that you have to pay for, it, it, it impacts you. Decisions that are made, taxes, um, inflation, wars. I mean, you know, there's a. The, yeah, I mean, people you know, wouldn't drive their cars blindfolded. Of course not. So. I mean, by being completely disengaged or saying it doesn't apply or doesn't matter is essentially the same as driving your vehicle with a blindfold on your eyes. I mean, you know, just today at the White House, uh, Jake sold some more cocaine. <laughs> sorry, dude. I said <laughs> and let me, I let me, let me, sorry, let, and let me say this. As someone who's been in the West Wing twice in his life, I've been fortunate enough to visit the West Wing twice. I have a friend in the Secret Service who allowed me to uh, tour the West Wing on a day that President Obama was departing the West Wing. Uh, I, I did not get to see his departure. It was the day that uh, Joe Biden had buried his son, Bo, and President Obama did not want to have to uh, interact with anyone. He was uh, despondent about his friend's son's passing. Uh, but I, I did hear the helicopter leave, and I was able to uh, see the the West Wing. And then I was in the West Wing the day of the government shutdown on a day when President Trump was in the West Wing the entire day. And I can just tell you that there is so much security in the West Wing, cameras, security, that there is zero percent chance in my mind that the secret service doesn't know who left a baggie of campaign of, of campaign, a baggie of cocaine in the West wing. There's a 0% chance zero. So I don't even know why we're doing, we're this. talking about it. Yeah. I mean, they know if they're not telling us it's because they've chosen for us not to know, yeah. but it's not because they don't know. They absolutely know. They know how, how did this thing leak? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Someone in the Secret Service. Well, there was a nine one one call, or a or a security call, or like a substance. That, yeah, that they unknown had, substance or something. Yeah, because like they evacuated the White House because of, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not a cocaine guy, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I know what I'm told that it looks like, and I'm guessing they were worried when you see a powdery substance. Is that anthrax? Is that a p potential terrorist 
problem. And so they sure. evacuated the White House. And at that point, they had to come back and reporters actually asked questions and 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 got answers. <laughs> and um, yeah, you, you probably know the rest. But what I was going to say was Jake Sullivan, who's a, a, a spokesperson for the White House. He says that uh, Ukraine has provided written assurances that they will use American cluster bombs, quote, in a very careful way. And 18 years ago, <laughs> then Senator Joe Biden was quoted as saying, cluster bombs have always posed problems for responsible military forces like those of the United States. The weapons are very useful militarily, but they also carry a real risk of causing civilian casualties if they are used where civilians are present or if uh, too many sub sub Submunitions failed to explode when they hit the ground. Um, we in the past have said as Americans that we would not use cluster bombs. So we're now providing Ukraine with cluster bombs. Cluster bombs. It, it the 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 Ukraine Russia conflict. I'm not picking sides here. There is no side. I'm, I'm observing. It it is something that will be a campaign topic. In 2024, unless, unless the election's about Trump, at which point it won't be. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, because I mean, even the small little insurgency that that happened, uh, I guess it was last week or a week before when we didn't record uh, because I was at a conference. Um, the Walter, uh, oh my gosh, the paramilitary group that Russia uses that they said, you know, bombed his crew and he was yeah, yeah. marching on Moscow. Yeah. I'm totally drawing a blank here. I know who you're um, talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Quite a, quite interesting scenario. I kind of wondered, I mean, that seems like almost very American black ops type of strategy to, to try to, you know, disrupt and destabilize the you know a government like that so I'm, I'm kind of curious i know we'll probably never find out what what what, what the real deal was but isn't it interesting that, that after all that's happened over the last few years and and now all the stuff that's going on that and it, this is a danger thing um all that's happening people are they're mistrustful a lot of people like don't necessarily believe anything that is said you know what i mean sure and yeah. so you you, uh, I don't know. I, th I think that's, that's a little moment of, just as a civilian, as a citizen, I think it's a little concerning, right? If if you don't, um, if you don't trust anything that the the government tells you, at some point, that's not a it's not a strong, it's not a good way to be. Yeah, that's why I think well, this. That's why I think one way or the other. However, however it all plays out, this is all elections are big. This one feels really big. Well, we had the opportunity to. Uh watch independence day that wonderful film from almost 30 years ago on independence day um you know this year and it was kind of you know watching it again uh the the conversations between the president and his staff were pretty funny as will character i mean will smith's character is you know he's a fighter pilot and he takes down one of the alien ships and um you know and he's trying to get to uh, no, I guess actually it was Jeff Goldblum's character that was asking about Area 51 and and the president who was uh, Bill Pullman 
character was like, oh, there's no such thing as Area 51. And one of the guys was like, oh, well, actually, we haven't told you about that. And he's like, why would you not tell the president? And they were like, oh, plausible deniability. I was like, man, this that's probably actually a pretty accurate scenario. There's probably so much stuff that happens that is, quote, withheld for plausible deniability. Yeah, it's it's why when all the presidents always keep um, uh, classifying all the stuff related to the John F. Kennedy assassination. You're always like, wait, it's been a long time, everybody. Why, yeah. why, why are we still doing this? Is it because you just don't want us to know? Or is it because if we knew, it would undermine everyone's trust? Yeah, probably it's the answer, yes. That's probably the answer. Uh, you can trust the people <laughs> at Pinnacle. It's uh, mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. If you have some concerns or questions or if you're intrigued about um, – your retirement plans, your all sorts of your financial planning, and you want professionals to uh, take a look at it, I recommend the people at Pinnacle. Martin, as you've heard week after week, knows what he's doing. So do the other people at Pinnacle. Um, we haven't even talked about this, Martin. What are your plans for next week? Are we going to do regular time? or? Uh, oh, yeah. Next week, I was like, man, what am I doing next week? Next week, I'm I'm in the following week. I'm going to be on a mission trip. Oh, that works out good. So I'll, following be, uh, week, I'll be at, I'll be at, uh, I'll be at uh, in Nashville for SEC media day. So I'll okay, be, cool. I'll be out that day. So we'll, so, yeah, I'm good for the next week. And then, and I don't, and then I don't have anything else that should be disruptive. Uh, I think I'm the same way. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll plan to, to reconvene on uh, Thursday, the 13th. We'll uh, see what's going on and then we'll uh, hit yep. one more time in, in the month of July. And then we'll start getting into the fall and probably a pretty regular schedule at that point. So yeah. uh, for picking up politics, man. Yeah, well, it's coming. You know, I think most people are kind of glad. Most people are glad we're talking about it. I've actually gotten really good feedback on it because it's well, good. It's. Uh, I mean, I think I think we talk about it in a way that's that's helpful in digesting the impacts. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not. I mean, you know, I mean, the country analysts. The, 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 you know, the the country is is pretty divided, and whichever power pro, whichever. Party is in power. Obviously, they have the ability to change things and shape things. And you know, this, we've we've seen we have seen the importance of the Supreme Court, for example. Whether you agree or disagree with anything that Donald Trump ever did, his influence over the Supreme Court is pretty noticeable these days. Yep. And yep. so you can. I mean, hell, they struck down the <laughs> the you know student loan uh, forgiveness yeah. deal. Yeah, I mean, you can you can. I mean, he did stack the courts. And no one noticed it. He did. Well, some people did, but yes, yeah, but you know, but I mean, my point Very is, few did. you know, his, his election, um, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I don't mean it in a positive way. I really don't. Right. His election had consequences when people say, well, you know, it's just, it's just four years. Well, those four years, his, his impact on, uh, on the court is very noticeable and it absolutely impacts people's lives. So right. politics matter. So they, and they affect, they absolutely affect your pocketbook. Um, one way one hundred percent. So, uh, given that the show is mind on my money, we talk about things that impact your money. So, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there, and we will talk to you again at the end of next week. Take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.